President of Public Citizen, Robert Weissman, is back with us, an expert on the uh, economy and health care, trade and globalization, intellectual property and regulatory policy, also issues related to financial accountability and corporate responsibility. He was back with us on September 9th. Good to have him with us in 2015, first show of 2015. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Robert. Uh, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Hey, it's great to be with you. Happy New Year. Um, you have a press release that Public Citizen uh, released. I mean, we do have uh, tomorrow a new Congress, more Republicans in the House, and certainly more with a majority now uh, in the Senate. Tell us a bit about this uh, press release that has gone out from Public Citizen and why. Well, we're looking at a new Congress that was elected by big money and with the McConnell-Boehner leadership in the House and Senate that is intent on pushing through the policy agenda of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. So I think we're going to see some more of the kind of um, kabuki legislation that we saw out of the House of Representatives over the last couple of years, you know, endless votes to repeal the Affordable Care Act and so on. But what's going to be much more dangerous and troubling are legislative efforts to get things actually passed, whether they'll be able to win sufficient Democratic support in the Senate to advance a corporate agenda, and where we're going to have to rely on the president to make frequent use of his veto pen. And I think we're going to have to push the president to make sure he does that. So, you know, again, the Affordable Care Act, repeal of the Dodd-Frank Act, stuff like that, 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 that requires some attention, but it's going to be a little bit less, I think, of a threat to Americans' well-being. But efforts to roll back all kinds of environmental protections, to hamstring regulatory agencies, to thwart the ability of prosecutors to hold criminal, corporate criminals accountable, that undermine the ability of victims of corporate wrongdoing to sue in court and get some compensation and some justice, efforts to push through on uh, corporate-friendly trade agreements, and that, that whole set of things and much more, I think those are going to be really serious, um, really serious challenges that we face in the next couple of years ahead. One of the things that your um, press release said, Public Citizen's press release, is Quote, in eight days, a new Congress convenes in Washington, D.C. at the time, obviously, this was a week ago. It may be the most reactionary and regressive Congress in modern American history. Um, We understand reaction, but talk about regression. Where are they going to bring things back to, I fear, I dread, and how? Well, I mean, you know, we don't want to let this happen, but it's pretty clear, you know, there's not any secret about what they stand for if you look at McConnell and Boehner, uh, as well as other leaders, and they're signaling now that they intend to move forward that agenda. So, you know, for to take one example, we're facing the greatest, arguably the greatest threat in, in human history in catastrophic climate change. The administration is making some belated but significant moves to try to deal with greenhouse gas pollution, the Republican leadership wants to roll back those efforts, and they want to facilitate more use of the dirtiest fuels possible, uh, including by trying to push through the Keystone pipeline. They want to hamstring. They have one of their top priorities is they say um, addressing overregulation. That really means 
making it impossible for the law and order agencies to protect our health and safety, to protect consumers, to eliminate financial ripoffs and wrongdoing. They want to make it so that the regulatory agencies aren't able to do their jobs. They're going to they aim to impose a whole set of endless procedural requirements before they can do much of anything. So if you think about the regulatory state is, you know, the modern regulatory state dating to the, the New Deal, in, in a way they want to kind of pull back to before then or at least defang much of what's been done in the, in the 80 years, 70, 80 years um, since the, the, the New Deal agencies were created. Uh, and then if you look at their effort to, and with the assistance of the Obama administration, to put through corporate-friendly trade deals like NAFTA, you know, we've had now more than two decades of evidence of the failure of NAFTA um, to deliver on its pro- the failure to deliver on its promises and the utter disaster in destroying jobs, undermining livelihoods, not just in the United States, but among the poor in Mexico who were supposed to be saved by NAFTA, and constraining consumer and environmental rulemaking, and on and on. Instead of walking back from that, they want to double down on it with gigantic NAFTA-style trade deals with the uh, Pacific countries, Asian and Latin American countries through the Trans-Pacific Partnership, as well as through a comparable deal with the European Union. So you can sort of go down the list of things, and we're really talking about blocking progress, but not just blocking progress, rolling back the, the achievements of, of recent years, in some cases recent decades, in some cases many decades. Oh, we're going to take a break, and we will be back with you. I want to talk about uh, Keystone and some other things that you had mentioned, and we're definitely we're going to continue our conversation with our guest from Public Citizen, president of that organization, Robert Weissman. Uh, we're talking about the new Congress. You want to join us? Well, it's a new year, and the first day of the new year here back on the show. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, and my crew had some days off. We had some uh, best ofs on the show and also some fill-ins, but I am back in the saddle again. Hope you'll join us at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Questions or comments, pick up the phone and join us at that number. Tweet me. Follow me on Twitter. I'll incorporate your tweets and FB me, facebook.com forward slash the Leslie Marshall Show to like us. Back with our guest and be right after this. Hey there, I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Happy New Year. It's our first day back after uh, the break. Uh, pick up the phone and join us. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Also follow us on Twitter at Leslie Marshall to tweet us. I'll incorporate your tweets. Like our fan page, facebook.com forward slash the Leslie Marshall show to FBS. Uh, as I mentioned, we are talking from Public Citizen with the President, Robert Weissman. Uh, Robert, thank you for holding uh, welcome back. And we're talking about the new conversation. Congress that convenes tomorrow. Public Citizen has a press release in which they said this may be the most reactionary and regressive Congress in modern American history. Um, Robert, before the break, uh, you mentioned a number of things, one of which is that you had touched upon Keystone Pipeline when I asked you what type of 
uh, regressive uh, moves or legislation you felt that this Republican Congress, uh, you know, in both chambers, the House and the Senate, uh, would put forth and try to uh, vote upon and how the president needs to take out his pen to veto things, perhaps more so if they are as reactionary and regressive as many of us fear, like public citizen, uh, that the Republicans will be. But with regard to the Keystone Pipeline, isn't this an area where the president has alluded to a possible compromise against the wishes of many liberals, especially environmentalists? I think everything regarding the president's position on Keystones is kind of like reading the tea leaves. Um, I have to say the tea leaves look a little bit better now than they did probably six or eight months ago. Um, but it's really a mystery. And wait, why do you say they look? Be- why do you say they look better now? Why do you say they look better now? Well, in December, he started making. He made some important comments to say, first of all, that Keystone is not going to reduce gas prices for consumers. Now, obviously, gas prices have fallen dramatically in the last half year. Um, but one of the implied, sometime over, in any case, always implied promises of Keystone is that it'll sort of bring more oil into America and, and reduce gas prices for consumers. In fact, what it'll do is transport extremely dirty tar sands oil from Canada to refineries in New Orleans and the Texas area for shipment overseas, you know, to the, to the global markets, but outside of the United States, and actually will divert um, some supply currently being uh, directed to the United States. So we'll have, he said it will have no impact on consumer prices. It might actually have a negative impact on consumer prices in the U.S. And he also said it's not going to create a substantial number of jobs. Um, both those things, are, those are the two arguments for doing it. Um, and he really said, look, this is the, 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 the proponents are dramatically misstating or overstating the purported benefits of the pipeline. And that was a much clearer uh, and accurate uh, characterization of the of the the argument for Keystone than we've ever heard from the president. Oh, let's talk about some other things, and certainly big money is an issue that both sides, left and right, don't like. When we look at reaction to Citizens United, uh, other rulings, and 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 just the attitude toward you know billionaires buying politicians, and how left and right uh, many. Uh, politicians are bowing down to big business. And if somebody writes a big check with less and less caps or limitations on the amount that they can write, uh, we see people, very bi- uh, paid, uh, you know, patrons of big business such as Mitch McConnell or, or John uh, Boehner, uh, preparing to bend over, if you will, for the corporations that is an agenda that pleases these billionaires and these corporations, but is not in the best interest of the country, the majority of Americans in this country. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the central narrative of American politics right now, uh, and not just American electoral politics, but you know, Amer- American policy politics. Is what, what's our federal government doing? That's it. So people think the system is rigged. They're right. The system is rigged. It's rigged on behalf of the rich and the well-connected. Their influence is exponentially increased by the outrageous amounts of money they're able to contribute through all kinds of new mechanisms, including just yet another new mechanism created in the spending bill passed late in December. And the politicians owe their allegiance to to their giant donors and not to the voters. And as a result, we get policies that that favor the super rich and the giant corporations instead of regular human beings. And I think that's that's what we're so worried about coming up. The, uh, The Chamber of Commerce 
on behalf of big business, invested a lot of money in this last election. And they've invested their money not just in the general election. They, were, they invested a lot of money in Republican primaries to defeat um, sometimes called Tea Party candidates, but really sort of, as you're calling them more appropriately, more right-wing populist candidates for the more corporate allied candidates. They're not really more moderate. That's the wrong way to think about it. But they're not populist. They're corporate. And the chamber succeeded overwhelmingly both in the primaries and in the general election in getting Republicans uh, who they supported elected. And I think what we're going to see in the next two years is the effort by the chamber to collect on their investment. They invested. They expect a good return. And a good return means not just the sort of showmanship kind of stuff that Ted Cruz does uh, with long stem winders and denouncing Obama as all kinds of lunatic stuff, but actually delivering legislation that favors business at the expense of everyday Americans. And I think that's the threat we face in the next two years. A lot of people say this is the same old, same old. I mean, that we've been through uh, this before. Um, how is it different now? I mean, we certainly have seen takeovers, and it seems to be when you look at the most recent elections over the years, Americans are more fickle. They, you know, they'll flip over, you know, from Democrat to Republican or Republican to uh, Democrat. Uh, the control of uh, b- one or both, uh, you know, chambers of uh, Congress, and after a couple of years, if they, you know, like what they see, they, you know, they they vote them out. We're seeing that it's more of a pattern and more of a cycle with uh, the American voter. Uh, so, you know, because of that, is, you know, this just something we're going to have to live with and the president's going to have to veto for the next uh, two years and, you know, then the next president, A. And then B, what can the American people do? Because obviously, you know, when you look at the numbers, I mean, Democrats didn't show up in the midterm elections. Yeah, well, it is, it is the situation we're going to have to deal with for the next two years. But I think it's, it would be a, a, a very, very serious mistake to assume that President Obama is going to veto everything that is able to pass through the Congress. Now, there's a little bit of a gauntlet still to run in the Congress because although the Republicans have majority control in the Senate, um, they don't have the 60 votes needed to overcome a filibuster. So at least on some of the bigger things, they're going to, you know, they're going to face regular filibusters. They're going to have to be able to get um, hand, you know, half dozen Democratic supporters to join them to get things through. But I think there are a lot of issues where they're going to be able to do that. It is not automatic that the president is going to veto those things. It's just not. And I think, you know, by belief and disposition, he is not inclined to veto everything. Uh, and he's certainly not going to. He's certainly. Him. And so we're going to have. So the answer to the second part of your question. So, you know, yes, that's what we have for the next two years. And the answer to the second part, what do we, what do we do? What do we have to do? What we have to do is both try to make sure the bad stuff doesn't get through, but also to to really push the president when bad things are uh, past the Congress to veto them and to not just say, well, you know, I got to let some of the bad things through because that's the nature of compromise in Washington. There's no reason to compromise and accept things that are bad, things that make our country weaker, less safe, that empower corporations and the super rich to have more control, to rip us off, to endanger us. The, one of the problems that, you know, we have seen, this, this is, you know, not something new, where we have very rich people writing checks, but obviously with rulings in the Supreme Court, uh, that has changed. 
with more and more Americans feeling that their vote doesn't count, that their voice doesn't count, that they don't have enough money or power, will that give a green light for Republicans to do whatever they want and Democrats almost crippled, if you will, and powerless in the House and the Senate? And the only thing that can stop them uh, is the president and that pen. I mean, is this what we're going to see? Because if that's the case, this will be an even less productive Congress than we have seen in the past two years. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, there are definitely opportunities for, for this Congress to do some good things. There are actually there are tons of areas, by the way, where there's agreement across the board among the population about what should be done. I mean, just enormous number of things. Uh, everything from trade policy to, to the minimum wage, actually from dealing with the problem of, of out-of-control campaign spending to energy policy. There's vast number of the Americans agree on things. That's not reflected when the representatives are in Congress. Even among those people who are in Congress, there are some areas where there's at least rhetorical agreement, and those would be profitable to uh, you know explore and to see if there's a some good outcomes that can come, good legislative outcomes that can come from that. But in a lot of the areas where I think, you know, with Boehner and McConnell setting the agenda, where there might be agreement, the agreement's going to be bad, and we're better off with nothing than, uh, than something. Most definitely. We posed this question on t- Twitter that tomorrow the 114th Congress is going to be convening in Washington. What would their agenda be? What, we're ex- what they're expecting from the new Congress? Elefante tweets, I expect the president to veto many laws that pass both houses because of hope and change or something. And uh, Betsita, clearly against the president, says there is no hope with this administration and changing the, and, uh, changing the USA down the cliff is what's happening. But there are many people, especially on the left, who feel that that's where we're headed just to go down a cliff. Like you say, there are opportunities for things to be done. But if this is a Congress, which I think it's been alluded to, especially by uh, Tea Party Republicans in the House, which seem to have taken control and have a lot of influence over John Boehner, who, you know, sweats every time he's, uh, you know, up again uh, for a a vote on the speakership, as he is this week, uh, you know, if they're going to spend all their time trying to repeal a replace uh, the Affordable Care Act, which the president clearly is not going to uh, sign such legislation, again, that would be a slap in the face to the American people, a waste of their time and taxpayer money. Yeah, I mean, look, things can happen both from the Congress and from the administration that will be good. But in some ways, you know, some waste of time may be way less damaging than the alternative. So if they, if the House votes to repeal Dodd-Frank, for example, the, you know, that's the legislation passed after the financial crash um, created the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and did a bunch of really good things, even though not nearly enough. If they vote to repeal that entire act, that's, that's not going to go anywhere. So that would be what you're calling a waste of time. On the other hand, they included in the omnibus spending bill that just passed in December a provision that would uh, make it possible for banks to engage again, in gigantic forms of risky speculative betting um, in derivatives. So that was something that they actually were able to get past. That's bad. We're we're worse off for for, for the Congress being able to pass that piece of the spending bill. If they had done nothing, the world would be much better. So, you know, I think in a lot of these cases, we're going to see doing nothing as the best alternative, the best hope we have um, from from this Congress. 
And I should say, by the way, on, you know, on an earlier point you were making, which is important in terms of the the depressed turnout in the 2014 election. You know, I think we're we're in a situation now where the midterm elections are really different than than the presidential year elections. But you're you're exactly right in saying there's a direct correlation between the increase in spending and the decrease in turnout, despite everybody talking about how much money is spent on get out the vote efforts. And it kind of goes like, it, it, it's, you know, it's really what you said. It's people feel that their vote doesn't count when they see all the money sloshing around. And more specifically than that, the gigantic sums of money that are spent on negative advertising, which people think, you know, which everybody hates, but a lot of people think doesn't make sense. It does make sense to spend that money on negative advertising because it depresses people and it makes them cynical and it makes them disengage and it makes them not vote. So the, the money spent on negative advertising works to turn off voters, uh, and it does the opposite of turning them out. Um, so a part of the explanation for why, not the whole bit, but a big part of the explanation for the very low turnout in the 2014 race, in my view, is all the money that was spent um, and all the money that was contributed by really just a very small number of super-rich and corporate donors. Nobody important tweets and has a question for you. What do you think of an amendment to remove all created entities from our political processes? Um, well, if that if the idea is to get corporations out of politics, then I'm all for it. I, mean, I think that's probably what created entities people are talking about artificial entities referring to the corporations. Uh, I think we do. I mean, that's the central problem of, of the day is corporate dominance over our politics. Um, there's now so much money concentrated in individuals that you've got to deal with the, 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 you know, this extreme influence of just a handful of, of super rich people. That really has to be part of the equation with dealing with corporate dominance of, of politics. But, but yeah, uh, we have to take that on. And, and, and as you know, public citizens have been very strongly arguing for constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United and related decisions to restore our democracy. And we also favor a constitutional amendment that would clarify that the, the rights protected in the Constitution through the Bill of Rights and other amendments are not intended for for-profit corporations. Uh, J, uh, Tom, uh, sorry, Jay Vitztum tweets, I don't believe things are going to change. Politicians aren't doing people's work. They're power-hungry. And and that's not a wrong. Uh, that, that I think a lot of Americans do perceive this because of the uh, involvement by these large corporations in our political process these days. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I you know, unfortunately, they're they're, they're fortunately or unfortunately, there are degrees of things, and I think that the that that comment certainly applied to the Congress that we just had, um, but it's going to be worse with the Congress we have going forward in the next couple of years. No question about it. Thank you for being with us. And again, Happy New Year. Glad to have you back on the show in this new year. Robert, Robert Weissman is president of Public Citizen. Be sure to check out their website, citizen.org, and follow him on Twitter at public underscore citizen.